Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fine. Sorry about it. If anyone here sees me looking at me weird while I'm wearing a winter coat inside, the, the, the heat, the oil ran out, so we're waiting We're waiting for, at the timing of, of, of this, at the timing, the time this is being filmed, I am waiting. We're waiting for the oil delivery. So, but for now, it's free. It gets when there's a situation like this, and it's as cold as it is. Out out of a day that's probably one of the coldest days of the year so far in the city. I've had to wear a wear a winter jacket until until the till the heating's back up. Exactly, buddy. Yeah, you got to bundle up now. It's definitely freezing out, and not to mention that at least. Uh... Wednesday night at uh, around eight o'clock as we're recording this. It's a very cold, windy, crappy, rainy night. So definitely bundle up, settle in here as we get ready to uh, start breaking down all the uh, sports stories that have been coming across for the last few days. And, you know, where we're going to start off this week, Dan, is uh, let's kick it off with, with your Giants. I know it seems like it, it was forever ago that this game was played. Sometimes you get the games on Saturday. And uh, your Giants were on there against the Eagles. Didn't exactly go the way that we wanted. Uh, what's your instant reaction? Or I guess, you know, it's a little bit longer than instant. But what's your reaction to uh, the uh, Giants losing 38-7 to the Eagles this Saturday night? I, I, I just don't know what the heck is. His team just felt dead the whole game. I mean, I, I just saw some plays that we should have went for it, some that Maybe we're questionable of us going for it. It's just I felt like we had no de- – our defense just looked slow in that game, I feel like, is that. And I just feel we have no wide receivers. Yeah. And it bit us in the ass in the end. And one of the worst kind of losses would – and any loss to the Eagles really feels horrible, so – I I I I I feel bad. Any any Giants fans that may have what who know who knows what may have happened is what some Giants fans had to go through after that one. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. I mean, now the uh, the Eagles have won sixteen of the last nineteen uh, games against the Giants. Now, uh, fifteen of those eighteen being uh, or fifteen of those nineteen being non-playoff games, regular season games, but still. The sting doesn't take away any less. It was a very, very tough loss. You know, the Giants, as we discussed last week, were able to hang in there in uh, in week 18. But the the difference in talent, I guess you could say, really ended up coming to fruition in this game. You know, we knew that, and, we, and we've been saying for weeks, that the Giants were not one of the more talented teams in the playoffs. They were just one of the best coach teams in the NFL and just an extremely tough team to play against. So that talent level might not have been there, but that coaching level and everything else that goes into a, you know, winning NFL games and being a big time NFL team, uh, you know, the, the Giants had that in spades, no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, you know, like you said, man, unfortunately, you know, the, the defense really didn't show up, you know, be, be before you knew it, it was 14, nothing. And then I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall once Daniel Jones threw that uh, really bad interception to set up that third touchdown, right? Yeah, it feels like it, and I could, I just hope during the off season they uh, they they build on so far this little success we've had so far. They're gonna have to re-sign, of course, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I feel like maybe probably re-sign the re-sign uh Daniel Jones and uh. Maybe franchise tag uh, Barkley. I feel they need the direction to go. Also need to address the. I feel uh, needs that re- wide receiver, and maybe and maybe some quicker defense. I feel like because that game just felt like 
just felt like the defense was slow during that game. They didn't have enough like quickness. Yeah, you know, one guy that we called out, uh, or didn't call out that we were that we were complimenting for most of this season, especially in that playoff game against the Vikings, where I think you know a lot of these guys might have played their best game of the year. Julian Love was a guy that we have been saying all season how well that guy's played. I'm such a big fan of his. Uh, you know, I watched him in Notre Dame, so I I know I've been seeing this guy play for the better part of the last decade, really. And, um, man, I got to tell you, the game against the Eagles this Saturday might have been one of the worst games I've ever seen Julian Love play. Uh, there were a ton of missed tackles or just a just not wrapping guys up, letting guys through, uh, just, you know, busted coverages. Uh, really, really disappointing game from a guy who that as you know, if you're rooting for the Giants, you came to rely upon. And I think you really hit hit it on the nail on you know on the head with the wide receivers too, because uh, that's one thing that's killed the Giants. You know, you see all these you know great quarterbacks across the league right now, and what's the one thing that uh, the GMs have done? They have wanted to pair these great quarterbacks with at least one really really top receiver. You know. Um, you, you know, you can you can look all over the league for examples. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Kyler Murray over in Arizona, they got DeAndre Hopkins over there. The the Eagles turned around and got Jalen Hurts and then made the move uh for uh who's who's their top receiver again? I forget his name. Uh his name. Uh, I, I forget that name too. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. Whatever his name is, the the Eagles made that trade and 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 brought him in right now. And you know, the that's a trend and and obviously too joe burrow you you know you get jamar chase in the draft these these gms have been doing that and it makes a lot of sense you know the giants have to go out and definitely add um a a top tier wide receiver and for the love of god giant fans don't say odell beckham jr you've got a good thing going on don't inject that poison into the locker room odell beckham jr does not deserve to be anywhere near this Giants team and just, you know, th- there are so many guys that the Giants should be looking at. Please don't let it be, you know, don't make him be one of those guys. Uh, but, you know, you, you did mention Dan um, franchising Saquon and giving the extension to, uh, to Daniel Jones. Now I want to ask you your opinion. I've been hearing a lot of Giants fans talk over, uh, over the last couple of days um, about the prospect of signing um, si- signing Daniel Jones and letting Barkley walk and getting the compensation pick for him because a- allocating that amount of money for a running back might not be the smartest move in this cap world that we live in in the NFL. But I think that you hit the nail on the head again when you said franchising because then all that does is it puts it off for a year. Now, you don't, you know, he's going to get what, you know, what do these running backs get? They're not making 20 million a year. So if you franchise him, you're going to be paying him maybe around 12 and a half, 13 million dollars next year. That's totally worth it for Saquon Barkley. You're not overpaying for him. You're paying for, you know, league average. So I really agree with you. Hey, even if, you know, you can't franchise him back to back years. So franchise him this year, run your team out with, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley leading the charge again, bring in a receiver and see what you got. Right. And then, Hey, if you have to let Saquon go next year, so be it. Yeah, exactly. I feel they, that, that I feel it's what they need to do. Also, I have to say what I said about the red receivers. I mean, we look at every great legendary championship team in in history, they all had those quarterback wide receiver pairings. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, look at uh, the Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, and uh, of course, of course, we got to mention uh, Eli Manning and uh, Plaxico Burris. No doubt about it, man. I mean, you 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 go down the list and you see all these guys: Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, and you know, just uh, you know, there there are plenty of examples of Hall of Famers being teamed together. Uh, you know, I mean. 
just all, all over the place. So yeah, I I totally agree with you. You know, uh, I and I can even go back to this one right here, <laughs> Super Bowl three for the Jets. Hey, Joe Willie Namath, Joe, uh, you know, Joe Namath and uh, Don Maynard were uh, a a great connection back then in the sixties and seventies. So it's been going on for decades. If you have a great quarterback, you want to get him an elite receiver. So hey, that's that's the name of the game. And Daniel Jones really proved that he deserves to uh, have this Giants offense on his back next year. So let's just hope that uh, Shane and Dayball agree with us because, uh, hey, the, the the Giants are on the right track right now. And, um, you know, when we look at the, the rest of the playoff field now, Dan, how, uh, let's finish the NFC championship side. So the NFC, uh, obviously we got the Eagles in the NFC championship game. And then when you look to the other side, it's the 49ers who beat Dallas 19 to 12 really tight game, a very interesting game to watch. Very tough loss. If you're a Dallas fan. And by the way, our New York Rangers just tied the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs one, one. So uh, as we keep a look on that early second period, but uh, yeah. So what's your thoughts on, uh, on that game, Dan, and, and this upcoming NFC championship game, Niners and Eagles seems like a pretty good matchup. I feel this one's going to go for 17-14. Niners. Oh, and you're picking the Niners. Okay. Okay. Now, now what do you think that's going to – so, obviously, you're you're thinking this game is going to be a defensive struggle, and that makes a lot of sense. you got two really good defenses, as, you know, the – we saw at the Eagles this past weekend, obviously, you know, 38-7. Then on the the Niners side, same thing. I mean, that's a high-powered Dallas offense that – Dropped 34 points in the Bucks last week. You hold them to 12 this week. Um, really great job by the Niners. So defensive struggle. Um, so what do you think it, that that's going to come down to end of the game? Uh, the Niners kicker lining up for the game winning uh, chip shot type thing. Yep, I feel I feel it's going to come down to that. Yeah. Well, hey, I I don't blame you at all. Um, you know looking at the lines and everything at this point right now, um, you know, it, it, it looks like people are expecting the uh, Niners to, to, to get the win, but you, but you never know, you, you know, you never know. I, if, if I, if, if you ask me right now and Hey, we are a long way away from the Super Bowl, but which I, I still can't believe the Super Bowl is on February 13th this year. So the day before Valentine's day, uh, that's a that's as far into February as we've ever gone, so it's going to be a long two weeks, right? <laughs> I think to avoid any any complications, I mean, people are relationship. Really, I I think the NFL should just start the season next in the future a week earlier to avoid the Super Bowl ha- happening on Valentine's Day. <laughs> in a relationship with a girl that's a fan of the same team, then that's a different story. Very true. Very true. But you know. I I do have to say though that the, the NFL season used to start the last week of August, the first week of September. I mean, now we're not getting started until September 11th, September 12th, right around there. So they really should, and especially the fact that we only play three preseason games now. There's no reason that we should be starting the season mid-September. Let's get it started a little bit earlier, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, I have to. I... Also, I I have to say, I guess if you're a fan of a team of your favorite football team, just don't. I guess you'll be spent. I guess uh, make sure to. I get. I guess hopefully, just make sure you don't forget you forget your wife and girlfriend the day after after you're celebrating your if if you're a fan of one of the two teams in the Super Bowl. Exactly, man. Exactly, and you know that's uh that that's one thing that they 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 really have to uh, you know. Keep in mind that that this uh, I really think that the longer this drags into February, that I I guess you could say that they kind of have the stage to themselves because baseball still hasn't started yet, and you know hockey is kind of in the point in the season where a lot of people haven't really checked in yet a hundred percent. I know that that doesn't really cover me and you, but a lot of people don't kind of take a peek at hockey until the playoffs. Same thing with basketball. So I guess maybe people kind of perceive the NFL has it all to their own right now, but I think it'd be uh, better off to get it done at least a week or two earlier. So I I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that buddy, but uh, you know, so, okay. We, we looked at the NFC side, 
Niners and Eagles. Uh, you think the Niners are going to win? I agree with you. And, um, you know, when we look at the AFC side, it's a rematch from last year. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, are back in the NFC in the AFC championship game for the sixth straight year. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. So uh, you really have to just tip your cap to Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes there for their uh, just phenomenal success over the years. Um, definitely have to give them credit. Uh, they've they've picked up the mantle after the Patriots, um, and they've you know continued the streak of being in the AFC Championship game. And for the second straight year, the Cincinnati Bengals in the championship game. Uh, Bengals won last year, went to the Super Bowl only to lose. Um, what are your thoughts, Dan? What are you thinking about that now? Uh, AFC title game rematch from last year. Two great quarterbacks. How you feeling? I personally feel that this game's gonna go. That the the Chiefs are gonna win this one in a in what's gonna be high scoring game. High scoring, yeah. So, what do you think? Are you thinking in the thirties? Are you thinking in the forties? What are you thinking? I think it could. I think this one's gonna reach in the thirties. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I I could definitely see that. Like maybe like a thirty five, thirty one type thing or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the range I'm I'm thinking. Okay, okay. I I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm definitely with you on that because uh, you know, e- even though these t- teams do have pretty decent defenses, these offenses are high octane, man. And I'm with you. I think this is going to be a, a a high scoring game. Um, you know, for some reason, I I just I I do disagree with you. I feel like Cincinnati's going to win. I don't know why. Maybe Cincinnati, I feel like they have unfinished business from last year or, uh, you know, whatever you want to say. But um, I I feel like Cincinnati is going to win. I feel like Cincinnati's uh, – I feel like Kansas City is still a very good team, but they're missing a little bit of that dynamic playmaker ability with, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill being in Miami. And I feel like, um, you know, e- even with Tyreek Hill last year, they didn't beat them. And I feel like that Joe Burrow and uh, Cincinnati is going to do it again. And uh, speaking, my friend, of doing it again, the New York Rangers are just taking the lead two to one in Toronto. So there we go. There we go. A uh, little happy yep. news right there, right? Yep. Um, believe me, happy. I probably be if I, if I was in the living room, I'd be picking up Mister Maloney again like like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> victory he lifts him up at victory absolutely buddy absolutely so uh you know halfway through the second period rangers 2-1 as a philip heedle goal that gave him the lead uh that that kid line's looking pretty good together but we'll we'll touch on the rangers a little bit later but uh just to finish up so so you're thinking um the uh the kansas city chiefs are gonna win so your super bowl as we speak right now is the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. So a rematch from uh, the Super Bowl, what, two years ago, I believe. Yeah, exactly. I predict that, and I predict me probably going to the bathroom and, and maybe grabbing some more food during the halftime show because it's not really an act to fight it about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be hanging around to to watch. Who, who is it this year? Rihanna, right? It's Rihanna. Not to knock anything about the that not to not to not to criticize any Rihanna fans, but I'm just it's not an act I'm personally really enthusiastic about seeing. Like Yeah, I'm with you. And I think they, they do that on purpose though, because they they know guys like me and, and you are gonna be watching the game anyway. So they put, you know, an act like Rihanna on there to get other people watching, right? I feel like I feel like the last couple of years the NFL is trying to get get some viewer get some teenage girls to watch i feel like yeah yeah like i remember a few years ago like didn't they have katie perry and she had some dancing trees or some crap like that right with some sharks and i forgot shark you're right i came about i don't know with some gimmick or so some or something that the shark shifted or something or i forgot what it was but i just 
ended up liking the left shark guy in a shark costume kind of thing that they just I one of my one of my relatives wanted very bad wanted to see Katy Perry and we we surprised a relative with tickets. So it's like I had to surprise him by bringing them to to the venue. So I had this. So I sat through this concert and he did something bad with the gimmick shark. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I don't know. Subject to I was subject to a Katy Perry concert. That's all I need to tell you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Hey, everybody's got to go through that every once in a while. <laughs> First was bringing my being forced to bring my little sister to a Jonas Brothers concert because my mother didn't feel up to going out that night. <laughs> that, that was torture. That was deep hurting having to sit through having to sit through a, 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 I just remember also that same time when my sister wanted to see Beaver. I begged my mom, I says, please just go with her. Go with her. Don't don't make any issues. Hope nothing happened. I don't <laughs> think I'll this one, all right? I just remember how horrible it was. So I don't think I could. I don't think I could. I don't think I could survive a, survive a Beaver concert. Thank God my that the sister take my sister to that one. I was able to be at home because I did not want to be subject to that. And I see <laughs> see that one, but oh, I I do have to say though, if the if the halftime super halftime Super Bowl made me an act like Metallica or something, I probably I wouldn't go to the bathroom. I'd be watching. Oh yeah, yeah. If they had someone good, like they they had a couple of decent ones a couple of years ago, but uh, you know, some like classic rock guys. Yeah, yeah like when they had the Stones, I was I was I was watching that one. I remember. I think I remember even McCarthy was watching. And I remember the Stones. I was, I was like in the. I was in my living. I stayed when I just I I watched. But yeah, the, this Super Bowl halftime show of I'm at. You know, watching at home, I'm probably going to the bathroom. If I'm if I'm in the stadium, um, there's probably gonna be and wouldn't surprise me if there is a long line in that stadium in uh, in Arizona. I forget what that I I forgot what that stadium's called now because I heard they changed naming rights to it. I remember for a while it was called University of Phoenix. I think it's called State Farm Stadium now. I think you're right. But I imagine during half times though that. Probably everyone in the stadium that's not really interested in seeing Rihanna is probably going to be waiting online in the bathroom during the halftime show. No doubt about it. Just like us at home, and uh, maybe online for, to, to get some uh, snacks, pigs in a blanket, a beer, something like that, and anything but watching the TV. But uh, you know, hey Dan, be, before we do move on from football, though, uh, because you know, as we uh, round out our uh, Super Bowl talk here or our championship game talk is, uh, you know, you think it's going to be um, Niners and Chiefs. I think that it's going to be Bengals and Niners. So either way, it's going to be a Super Bowl rematch. You got it from a couple of years ago. I got it from 1988, uh, <laughs> taking a, a real uh, step back when uh, Boomer Esiason was the Bengals quarterback. But uh, have you been hearing the last couple of uh, days, actually, and, and, you know, me and you talked about this weeks ago, too, on the show. Um, my desire to have Aaron Rodgers play quarterback for my New York Jets. And, man, I'm telling you right now, it's starting to sound like that's an actual possibility. Um, it seemed like money-wise and, uh, you know, draft pick, you know, capital of what it would take to get him here, that... It, it seemed like it was the impossible dream when when me and you were just talking about it kind of in a joking way, uh, you know, a, a few shows back. But now it seems like it's a realistic possibility. People have been breaking it down and it seems like the the Jets would have to give up two firsts. But this trade probably wouldn't be happening until June um, if it did happen for Aaron Rodgers which means that the Jets would still have the opportunity to make their draft pick this year. So you could still reinforce the offensive line, or as I saw Mel Kuyper Jr. for some reason had them picking a wide receiver at 13, which I don't really understand because the Jets already have two or three good wide receivers. But regardless, it would still allow the Jets to pick a, a top player in this year's draft. And then you you'd trade next year's pick and you know possibly the pick after that to, to get Rodgers. I'm telling you, I... I would do that slam dunk 
a hundred percent every day of the week. And um, a lot of people have been talking about the money side of it, where um, the Jets would be on the hook for sixty million dollars this year, or uh, it, it would be over the course of of it would be sixty million this year and some crazy amount of money next year. But the fact of the matter is, the Jets would only be on the hook of paying fifteen million of that this year and 32 million of that the year after. So for Aaron Rodgers, you're essentially getting him for 48 million over two years and all the rest of that money would be paid by Woody Johnson and wouldn't be a cap hit. So that's pretty, pretty good for the Jets. I mean, what what would you do, Dan, if if you were, uh, you know, in, in my shoes and, and if you were a Jet fan, would you be rooting for your team to acquire Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I definitely would. I think I personally feel that this one will work out. If if it happened, will work better for you guys than it did probably the previous time you guys had a had a legacy quarterback from Green that played in Green Bay. <laughs> sure, you guys know how that that. that 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 probably must have been a bust for you guys, but yeah, man. I mean, it it, it started off great. You know, the Jets started off that season. If, you know, if, if you're not sure what he's referencing, uh, I don't understand what rock you've been living under for the last few years. But uh, in 2008, Hall of Famer Brett Favre was traded from the Packers to the Jets to make room for Aaron Rodgers taking over his spot as the new quarterback, turning over the franchise to the uh, the young gun. And they traded the old gun, Brett Favre, to the Jets. Um, and, you know, that that ended up working out great uh, for 11 games. <laughs> for 11 games, that was fantastic. The Jets ended up uh, starting out 8-3 and three that year. One of their last great wins was a Thursday night win in Tennessee where they beat the undefeated Titans, who were looking like they were going to be, uh, you know, a juggernaut that season. The Jets knocked them off. And then everything kind of fell apart after that. The Jets only won one more game after that. Brett Favre injured his shoulder. Um, you know, it really impacted his play for the rest of that season. And uh, an eight and three start went down the tubes to a nine and seven finish that missed the playoffs. And, and uh, yeah, what were you gonna say? Surprised me if that happened because uh, if you remember who was on the cover of Madden that year. Oh, I remember Brett Favre. And not to mention, he was Brett Favre in a Packers uniform, too, by the way. I'll tell you a little known fact about that Madden game. What happened was when they first started printing them out, they didn't have the chance to update it. So they had Brett Favre in a Packers uniform. Later, I guess maybe the last couple of batch of printings of that game, that Madden, they were there were some copies that were in circulation that had Madden in a Jets uniform, surprisingly. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I, I I hadn't seen those. Some video game collectors, anyone who, because I know there's a big market for people that collect video games and are unopened and stuff. It's probably got to be. I don't think there was that many printed of him in a Jets uniform, so that might be a rare or worth. I guess it would be worth more to collectors getting a hold of that version of that 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 variant of the Madden cover. Oh, no doubt about it, man. I would love to get my hands on that. That would be cool. I, uh, you know, hey, I, I was always a fan of Brett Favre, and obviously I'm a diehard Jets fan, so I loved when it happened. And, uh, you know, it sucked the way it finished, but it was cool seeing him as a Jet for a year. And if you were trying to get a hold of that dead cover on, on, on but I guess uh, best of luck to you, because I know you'd probably be shelling out quite a lot for that, if based on what my rough guess about that one, because cause I, I noticed, I noticed, I I heard I I've heard that there were some later copies during that time when um that that was the current Madden game that there were some printings of the game that had Favre in a Jets uniform. So that those probably have to be more rare than than the ones that the first the ones that came out hot off the production uh truck. Yeah, you're right about that, man. All right, and now that we got the football talk out of the way, let's move on. And uh, getting to some other stuff that we wanted to touch on as uh, just earlier this week, the results for the Baseball Hall of Fame came down. Dan, have you seen this? That uh, this year in 2023, there will only be one inductee 
and his name is Scott Rowland. Um, Scott Rowland, who has you know just a tad under uh, twenty one hundred hits, uh, three hundred and sixteen home runs, just uh, you know twelve hundred RBIs. He does have eight Gold Gloves, and he is a seven time All Star. You know, look, I I have to be honest. For me, I have a high bar when it comes to the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is probably something that I care about a little too much. <laughs> but my bar for the Hall of Fame is is high, and I like Scott Rowland as a player, but he's not a Hall of Famer to me. Um, this is just another guy that's getting in that really shouldn't be in my eyes. What are your thoughts, Dan? What did you think when you heard that Scott Rowland had been elected to the Hall of Fame? That one surprised me. It's kind of borderline. I feel... I mean, there's there of course I'm in on this current ballot. I feel like, as much as even though Beltron had that one little bad moment, moment that 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 one at bat that does bring back horrible memories, the 2006 NLCS, he was a great player, and I feel like is going to get in eventually. I just feel this year they want to just because of that whole Astro scandal, they want to wait one more. Year want to wait one they want to wait an extra they're making him wait an extra year like they're not going to like they were determined not to get get him in the first year of eligibility like he'll he's going to get in the second or third year of eligibility he's probably going to get in also i'm another thing i gotta say about the veterans committee what's the matter with you guys uh get keith hernandez in dude you know i'm so happy that you brought that up because i did some research and Let's just compare real quick Scott Rowland to Keith Hernandez, all right? Keith Hernandez and Scott Rowland, coincidentally, played the same amount of Major League seasons, 17. 17 Major League seasons. And the difference is that Keith Hernandez had more walks, more hits, more batting titles, more gold gloves. Uh, He won an MVP, and he also won one more World Series than Scott Rowland, not to mention that he had less strikeouts and a better OPS plus, And I don't even like the OPS plus that, um, you know, I look, when you look at those numbers and I know they play different positions, so don't even start that with me. Third base, first base. Hey, those corner infielders are held in high regard for a reason. You know, you need those guys to be really good. And Keith Hernandez is one of the best of all time, especially defensively at third base. Now I do want to get, Scott Rowland this. I'm sorry, Dan. I just want to say this real quick. They they mentioned, well, not they, specifically Kurt Schilling, who I also view as a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame, and it's a joke that he's not now. It's mainly political that he's not there. They just don't like Kurt Schilling's politics. But I know Brooks Robinson, who I said is the best third baseman of all time, said that Scott Rowland is the best third baseman he's ever seen. So I just want to throw that out there because I didn't know that until I saw that Kurt Schilling said that today. And I like Kurt. I like, uh, you know, um, Scott Rowland a lot, especially his defense. I knew it was good. But if, I mean, if we were going to really sit here, I feel like the best third baseman that I ever saw in my life was Robin Ventura. I, I would take 99 Robin Ventura over any year of Scott Rowland's career. What do you think about that, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Vitar was that guy was clutch. He was worthy of that that Sports Illustrated cover. Yeah, no Which doubt about it. That, that had all the Mets defense on it. The, the infield defense. You're right. Still have that Sports Illustrated cover, and I have that one that turned out to be that brings back painful memories because it didn't live up to expectations. You know what I'm talking about? That cover from 2016. Yeah. That is are on the team anymore it's true all those guys man it's crazy it's crazy i talked how that didn't paint out so well yeah yeah it's unfortunate it's unfortunate but hey you know i i'm i will give roland um the the credit that he was a hell of a third baseman he stuck around for a long time but you know what i mean hey the guy played 17 years and he only had 2,000 hits you know did David Wright played a lot less than that. And David Wright only had about 200 less hits than him. So, you know, is, is David Wright a hall of famer? No. I mean, 
look, let, let's be honest. I love David Wright. David Wright is one of my favorite players that I've watched over the course of the last 25 years. But David Wright's not a Hall of Famer. They even did a poll, uh, Mets Rewind, which is a great Twitter follow if you're a Mets fan, uh, yeah. did a poll recently, the last couple of days, asking Mets fans if they believed that David Wright was a Hall of Famer. 80% of Mets fans said David Wright's not a Hall of Famer. And yeah. David Wright's numbers aren't that much off than Scott Rowland, right? Yeah, I just feel like I feel like a lot of Mets fans agree with that one that he and at the same time, I feel those if he wouldn't have had those injuries, may have been a little bit of a different story. I agree, man. If if David Wright didn't have that back problem, there's a chance he's still playing today. Yeah, there's a there's a chance we're seeing a David Wright potentially either this year or next year. He's uh it's the 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 Mets are doing a whole retirement tour season. Yeah, going for and he who knows if he had stayed healthy, he's the type of hitter that could could have been going for three thousand hits at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. I would have loved to have seen a David Wright in a in his prime on this on this team, on this Mets team. You're right. You're right. Because you know, hey, David Wright signed that extension before the 2012 season, his eight year, one hundred and forty or so million dollar extension. You know, so realistically, it would have just been running out uh, within the last couple of years. Who knows if they would have given him another extension after that or whatever the deal would have been. He missed time in 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, all of 17, came back for the last game of the year in 18. That's a lot of games missed, man. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, fortunately, it is. Didn't another one, I think that would have been that we would have been that may have paint at differently i'm reyes is another one i feel was affected by those hamstring injuries caught up to him yeah yeah that's true i agree um you know reyes obviously had a a better time at the end of his career staying healthy but honestly like you mentioned those hamstrings or anything like that really screwed up his career for the first couple of seasons i mean he did have a full you know, thing in 2005, uh, but 2003 and four, both those injuries were screwed up. Uh, both those seasons were screwed up because of injuries. And I think 2009, I feel like it happened. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 2009 also, you're right. Yeah. Oh, like the last couple of years, it affected him. And then he won that batting title in 2011 and took off. And, you know, uh, he, he really didn't get injured too much during the course of that contract, but you know, he I, I feel like he was already he wasn't playing as a hundred percent Jose Reyes anymore, you know? He was kinda hurt a little bit. Yeah, like I could tell also I have to do say about uh about Wright and Reyes. I do feel like, however, they it's a very realistic possibility we're gonna see the Mets their numbers retired. I mean now, from- now, now let me ask you a question. Do you think Right and Reyes is not because I totally feel like Wright and Reyes should go into the Mets Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. But do you think both their numbers should be retired? I kind of feel they do because they, I think they do kind of hold a lot of team records. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I could see David Wright, even though for you know for 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 me too. I don't know. I have these high standards with these things. To if it was me, even though I love Jerry Kuzman. I probably wouldn't have even retired Jerry Kuzman's number, but I I like that they did it. I also like that they did it for uh for Willie Mays. I would probably do David Wright's number number five. I'd probably retire, but if to be honest, if if you're asking me right now, I would not retire Jose Reyes's number because he, especially because he left after the 2011 season. I I just I wouldn't feel right about retiring his number. And I even hear Met fans talking about right now, you know, well, let's say five, ten years from now, Jacob Degrom, whenever he retires, uh, Met, Met fans have been saying retire Jacob Degrom's number. Uh, no way, there's no chance that I would want to retire Jacob Degrom's number. Uh, what do you think about that? Him getting inducted into the Met, the Mets, uh, Mets Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. That's, but that, that, retiring forty eight though. 
that's a little bit too much, but I feel the Mets Hall of Fame is definite. That should that that is no questions asked about that one. Oh yeah, I mean the guy you know pitched in the World Series. He won a, he won two Cy Youngs and a Rookie of the Year. I did something on it on this team that was like not many people could say they did back to back Cy Youngs. So few have done that. Yeah, and if it wasn't for twenty twenty, he could have won three in a row. Yeah, he could have won three in a row, maybe. Maybe and then maybe potentially there would have, there could have been a third Cy Young with the Mets. Yeah, one had he not gotten injured. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Maybe had he gotten not, not injured, maybe maybe the price may have a uh, who know who knows what Steve Cohen would have offered him. I feel, I feel at the same time it just felt like the whole time that from what I heard, the Grom pretty much from the get go from the beginning was set on leaving. Unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like that was the case, and I don't know, guys that leave here, I just, I, and especially in the way that Reyes and DeGrom both left, I I can't see retiring their numbers. It, it makes no sense to me, Um, but, you know, I mean, it, also considering the fact that neither of those guys won a World Series here, you know, the, the Mets retired Jerry Kuzman's number, at least Jerry Kuzman won a World Series and pitched the clinching game, you yeah. know. Also, probably in her argument, he was probably the second best pitcher on that team. What Kuzman? Yeah, Kuzman. The yeah, second... no, 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 no. You, you, you're definitely right about that. Second best pitcher in Mets history. He, yeah. He, he, and it's legitimately if you look at the top two pitchers in Mets history, Seaver and Kuzman. If they had had to had to be mentioned there, he just. He just had that 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 dominance during that time with the Mets. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. You know, I I look back too on his stats, and I see at the end of his career all those years that he spent with uh, you know Minnesota and then Philadelphia and everything. And he, I just look at those, and I'm like, man, I just wish that the the Mets would have kept him around because he was still in the big leagues in '84 and '85. You know, he he could have been there for the turnaround. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't meant to be. Even Seaver came back in 83. By the time they turned it around in 84, he was already back on the White, uh, you know, on uh, Chicago White Sox. So, uh, you know, I guess it wasn't meant to be having those uh, Mets relics from the past on the uh, those 80s teams. But it would have been nice to see. It would have been a nice story to tell. More about the whole thing, I got to say. Kurt Schilling definitely needs to be inducted. That guy was... That guy was just dominant during the regular season, and the guy was money in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Uh, Kurt Schilling should be a Hall of Famer. The fact is that, unfortunately now, it's not even up to the writers anymore because these idiots didn't put him in. They had 10 years to put him in the Hall of Fame. He never gained uh, more than – he had around 70% his last couple of years in the ballot, never got to the 75 threshold that he needed to be pushed over. And uh, it's just a shame, man. Uh, you know, now it's up to the veterans committee. And hopefully they'll do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately they just had that vote about six weeks ago. And it was that 16 person committee. And he only got half of the votes. You know, uh, I, I, I saw that and I was just disgusted that uh, they didn't put him in there, but you know, I, I, I wanted to ask your, uh, your opinion. I want to go down this list really quick and tell you. So, okay, we know Scott Rowland made the hall. He got 76% of the vote, but I, I want to do rapid fire. You just tell me yes or no. If you think that the guy I'm, I'm saying is a hall of famer, Todd Helton. Definitely a hall of famer. Billy. Wagner. Probably not a hall of famer close, but no cigar. I'm with you on that one. And and Helton too. Uh a- Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones might be close, but not quite the whole thing. I agree with you on that too. Uh Gary Sheffield. Probably might I think is borderline. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say Hall of Fame, but not by much. See, I would say he's a Hall of Famer, but because he tested positive for steroids. You know, I don't understand how you could put him in. You know, he got this year, he got 55% of the vote, but 
if these guys aren't voting for Barry Bonds and and Mark McGuire and Roger Clemens and Sammy Sosa, if, if you're not voting for those guys, how are you voting for Gary Sheffield? He did the same thing. Yeah, I, for, I forgot if he was one of the ones that did that. But Yeah, well, you know what? Because everybody forgets because he, he was like Bonds and he, he used that cream that he put on his bicep, if you remember, that uh, that came from San Francisco. And so people forget about it, but that actually came out that he used that Balco stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Gary Sheffield, then, then obviously me and you both think uh, the next guy is, or should be a hall of famer, Carlos Beltran, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a hall of famer. Now this is a guy who I cannot believe doesn't get more love on these ballots, man. I don't understand it. Jeff Kent. This is a guy who has more home runs than any second baseman in the history of Major League Baseball. This is his 10th and final year on the writer's ballot, and he only got 46%. A cheater in Gary Sheffield got 55%. This guy, um, Jeff Kent, only got 46 I don't get it, man. No love for that guy. Well, I guess, unfortunately, this is his last year on the writer's ballot, but... I'm hopeful the Veterans Committee gets this guy in because he should, he should, without a doubt, should be in. He should. And, you know, as as a Mets fan, man, we got no love for, for Jeff Kent because not only did he kill us when he was a giant, this is a guy that the Mets let go for basically nothing. So, yeah. One of the ones that got away that... Yeah. That I guess we didn't... We didn't see that what this guy his potential we 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 bailed out too early on him so many cases that we've made that mistake over the years yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right man just hoping we never make that mistake again fingers crossed on that one Uh, owens knows the history he knows how this turned out i know this is gonna not gonna want and and you know what I can't believe, man? So we just talked about Jeff Kent. So he's off the ballot now. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. One of the biggest cheaters in the history of baseball. Got 35% of the vote. This guy, I don't understand. You had, I don't understand. You had 139 people on this ballot actually I- voted for Alex Rodriguez. I'm shocked that a fraud getting this. I am just shocked. I mean, he he didn't get in, obviously, but still, to have that much support for a guy who openly cheated and admitted to cheating, even after he lied about not cheating, like I I don't understand how this guy could get any votes. And and, and another guy too, right after that, Manny Ramirez, thirty two percent of the vote. Crazy. Yeah. You got to remember, Alex Rodriguez got caught twice, not just once, twice. Absolutely. You're right. And Manny Ramirez, if you remember, had to retire. He got, um, he was with the Dodgers and everything, and then he left the Dodgers. But if you remember, his last year in the big leagues, he signed with the Tampa Bay Rays. And he was playing with the Rays, and he was really bad for the first couple of games. And then he got hit with a suspension for steroids which would have been for a full year or whatever it would have been it would have been for a long time and he just retired and never served it this is a guy who we know used steroids when he was with the red sox and a guy who failed a steroid test with the tampa bay rays still getting over 30 uh 33 percent of the vote crazy to me this is a guy who has more support than omar vizquel or twice that's gonna get that much votes. This is twice. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, man. You know, when when you think about it, Omar Vizquel and Andy Pettit. I like both those guys. I think both those guys are borderline, but I don't think either of those guys are Hall of Famers. I think both those guys have a better case than A. Rod and Manny right now because they didn't cheat. And if you combine them, they still don't have more support on this ballot than either Manny or A-Rod. It's crazy to me. Yeah. 
crazy. I mean, Jimmy Rollins, did, does anybody think that Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer? Jimmy Rollins got 12% of the vote. I can't even believe 12 people, you know, 12% of the people thought he was a Hall of Famer. Surprise me. Uh, that that just surprises me. He got even that much. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to, I did want to touch on that because it uh, was just crazy to me that the, the Hall of Fame only let one guy in this year. And it was Scott Rowland who, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to disrespect Scott Rowland. I don't want this to be what it became with everybody with Harold Baines, where everybody was crapping on Harold Baines, which, because guess what, guys? Harold Baines shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame either. He's a nice guy, but he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Same thing with Scott Rowland. But, man, it's just, it, you know, it, it, it's becoming the Hall of Very Good. And it's just disappointing, you know? I, I always love the Hall of Fame. Um, I'll still go. I always said I, I I will always go to the Hall of Fame until the day that either Bonds or Clemens is inducted. The day either one of those guys get in, that's the last time you'll ever see me there. And believe me, we got to go at some point. Definitely, I'm definitely down, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, so as we're uh, you know, same great. Please bring back the bus service to Cooperstown. I found out they were offering this when it was too late. What happened was someone pointed it out to me in 2000, I think right before the 2020 season or something like that. Maybe and I think, and I was like, I was saying, oh, good, maybe I should do that this summer. Of course, we all know COVID happened. And by the time Cooperstown reopened, Greyhound discontinued that service, despite the fact I trolled them on Twitter about it. <laughs> they, uh, said to me we're gonna bring eventually bring back that service new york from from the nyc to cooperstown they never did and it would have worked out it, it, that would have been perfect that they had that because i don't have a car and at least cooperstown from i'm sure you've been there you so you know that it's a very small town apparently oh, yeah. i'd probably be able to walk to cooperstown from wherever airbnb i'm staying at true i'm at if I'm at the right location, I could walk there from there. So, and, but unfortunately, Greyhound did not, has not brought back that service. And there's really no other really way to get to Cooperstown, especially without a car. Cause it got, and someone said, well, and they fly there and the way the logistics work within New York state like that, it's not quite near anything. Cooperstown. Yeah. There's definitely really nowhere to fly in there. And you could take the bus and the Airbnb, too, no doubt about it. Uh, walking around there might be a little bit of a pain in the neck, but you could always take an Uber, and it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, hey, we definitely got to get that on the uh, the uh, board, buddy, because I definitely, the last time I was up in Cooperstown was probably 2019. And, yeah, I love it up there. It's one of the best places, man. So we definitely got to do that. Maybe do a Best Seat in the House podcast live from there one time. Oh, that would that would be so cool to get to do a do an episode from maybe at a bar somewhere in Cooperstown. Absolutely, and, and you know, actually, while we're talking about uh, little special things, just in case I forget at the end of the episode, which I'm going to try not to. Uh, everybody, definitely tune in next week because next week we have confirmed uh, our first guest in a while. We we haven't had guests in a long time, but we're going to be bringing back a guest next week. Uh, comedian Mike Bachetti, the great Mike Bachetti. So it's going to be really cool having him on next week. We got him all booked up. So, uh, you know, if you have any questions or anything you want us to ask Mike, feel free to shoot us a, a, a tweet or a DM or anything you want to do. And, uh, yeah, we'll be sure to uh, ask Mike as uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with him next week. It's going to be great. I'm a big fan. And obviously you guys have known each other for a long time, right? For a while, he's a great guy. He's actually, he's actually a Mets fan. So it's pretty cool. Ah, oh, that's cool. I, I I was wondering who Mike rooted for. Yeah, and I can't and I can't wait to to have to 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 have Bichetti on. He's a he's a great guy in person. If you, I mean, anyone who's who's known him, I could I could tell you he's a great guy. If you know if you know him, he's a great guy. Absolutely, man. I, I had the pleasure of meeting Mike once before, and a very very nice guy. Could could not be more gracious. So we'll be very very cool having him on next week. Um, and yeah, just to continue on here real quick, as we're running out of time, we want to uh, just get in, as always, a little New York Ranger talk. 
And, um, you know, hey, we, we're having a uh, fun time watching the team tonight. Obviously, uh, while we're doing the game, they're up 2-1 in at the end of two periods. So they're heading into the third now, up 2-1. to one. Uh, They'll be starting the next couple of minutes at this point. But, you know, Dan, um, you know, we've seen some injuries on this team. We've seen some inconsistent play at times. Um, the Rangers are actually having one of their rookies, um, Will Cully or Coyle. I don't know how you say his last name yet until I, I hope he makes me remember his last name with his play. But he'd been playing great in the AHL, and uh, now he's coming up uh, making his debut tonight. He's a Toronto native making his NHL debut against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that must be a pretty cool experience for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Rangers so far, man? I mean, uh, they've been up and down, but it looks like they've been better of late. I just feel this team looks like they're just going to have a monster second half. There's just something that looks like that. I mean, that game may have been just a blip on. I feel that game against Boston was a blip of the radar. I just feel they might be ready for that team next time they play them because that, I don't know, there was just something that was a blip on the, just felt like it was kind of sluggish. I watched, I had to watch some highlights because I was out that night. That game, that game happened. So I had to, and they just looked, they just looked a bit off that night because I was at, I was at FezCon that night. Ah, uh, true, true. Which, which, by the way, which, by the way, that was a wonderful tribute, FezCon. It was a wonderful tribute to Fez, I can tell you. Since, since yeah, you be glad. What, what, let's take a uh, sidebar right here for a second, because I did want to talk to you about FezCon. Man, that must have been such a great experience, just seeing all the old friends and everything like that, and all the Fezzy props. But it, it was. I I just have to thank, thank everyone who put that together, because that was a wonderful tribute to Fez, including some members of Fez's family. Like, I actually got... I I actually got to personally thank Fez's sister Tammy for 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 helping put this together and getting to express how wonder how just how all those wonderful laughs and memories that her brother Fez Watley of course br- brought us and that I was just a wonderful tribute and. I have to say also, it just hit me by surprise that that Fez's ashes were there. As you saw in that photo I said I showed you, mm-hmm. that just I did not expect that I'd be in a way just paying my sort of I mean, I, I thought it was I bet I knew going to celebrating the life of Fez, but that one really didn't expect me that I would almost be paying my respects to Fez like that. Like I'd be coming face to face with his remains. Like, yeah, that's, you know, current... it's almost like you were expecting to go to a, a memorial and it was almost like you ended up being at, at the wake unexpectedly. Right. Yeah. That's the best way to describe what it was, what my reaction to this coming scene, the, the urn with Fez as a remains, best way to describe it. Yeah, I was very, very surprised when when I saw that. And I, I, I was very moved, too, because, you know, Fez for 20 years, man, was a, a big part of my life. And as I'm sure yours, you know, uh, you knew the man personally. So, you know, obviously it uh, definitely was. Yeah, yeah, it does was and just seeing those and it was neat seeing all those outfits. Like I remember those. like you saw you would see some of these outfits. You say, oh, I remember this one. You remember this bit. And you remember, oh yeah, that's it. I remember him doing the Nature Boy bit. Great crazy thing though. Crazy thing was that the night, or the night before Fizzcon, I had some crazy dream that I'm in the living room, what, at what looked like some Super Bowl party, and for some reason, Fizz just showed up like some sort of goes like, the smoke popped up, like he just was doing the Nature Boy bit, like he just decided to just pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> I had this dream I I had. This was some weird dream that I had, or maybe it was a sign or something that I was going to Fezcon because I that time I wasn't sure if I was going to get a ticket or not to Fezcon, but I did. But seeing uh that that was a weird dream at a party, but it just feels like that dream though felt like something that the ghost of Fez would do. Just, 
I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you. That, that, that seems like, you know, uh, Fezzy just, uh, you know, kind of just like you said, the ghost of Fez just kind of touched you a little bit, put, put you on his mind or, or put him on your mind. And, uh, Guy, and who knows, maybe that was one of the things that helped you get the tickets in the long run, right? Yeah, because I, I, I signed up for I signed up for a FezCon ticket, and at first I said, oh, it was sold out, but if there's any made available, we'll inform you. All of a sudden, like a couple of days before FezCon, I, I noticed the email, the ticket's been available, made available. And bear in mind, this is a free ticket, right? Bear in mind. So I wasn't... Literally, the email and stuff was the only way to get this ticket. This isn't like, this wasn't like buying tickets to a sold out Mets game that you could go on StubHub and be lucky to find out a good price. This is just, you had to be lucky, get this through email, and get the, you signed up for a ticket that it was a ticket available. And by luck, it just worked out. I hey. got to be, I got to be at FezCon, and it was just, it was just a wonderful tribute and. There was even some nostalgic, even with the music playing in the background, because you heard, you heard little things in the background, like the opening song from the, you know, from the Ron Fez show. You know, the various opening songs, like remember Greatest Show by ICP and uh, uh yeah. and, 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 then, and North American, right? Yeah, yeah, and you also, and then I think toward like the the and then then of course you will, you even heard the the audio of it. It makes you Fez. Oh, they played that too. Oh, that's the best, man. <laughs> also, I have to say, I have to say that of course the one thing I would I would have liked to have seen. I thought it would have been cool if they had a lot a live band playing a cover of that song. That would have been cool if they did that. Like I'd just brought in a band playing a cover of that song, that would have been cool. That would have been also, awesome. That is true. That is true. also I of course also with the event and did they did play Satellite of Love by Lou Reed. Of course, they had to. The ending. I'll and, I'll never forget listening to the last episode of Ron and Fez, hearing Fezzy sing that, crying. And as I walked in, as I walked out, I kind of said, "Like, Dude, that's the end of the show." You know, you know. <laughs> and that's the end of my show. Dunk. <laughs> I was kind of playing in my head a little bit when I when I'm walking when I'm walking out when I when I walked out of the the Hard Rock. Do you know what that's from, by the way? I don't remember where that's from. That sounds familiar from someplace, but it's one of those things I've heard somewhere, but I can't quite. It's from homestarrunner.com. Does does that sound familiar at all? It's a website. Yeah, that's what that, and that's the end of my show, Dunk. That's what they used to grab that from. That was from a character off this website called homestarrunner.com. <laughs> I guess so. that's that a really really deep that's a real deep one but i've heard people mention that one before so yeah I, that, that's typical run and fez you always got to go for the deep cuts yeah that, 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 there is a lot of deep cuts that i got but that one's like that one is really a real deep one. <laughs> oh man uh, well you're right about that man I'm, I'm glad you had a good time at fezcon that that's fucking awesome man if I would have known that I was going to get a ticket early enough, I didn't have enough time to buy one on Amazon. I would have bought a Fez on it off of Amazon and worn that if I would have had if I would have enough time that I was going to get to be there. That's a good idea, man. I didn't even think of that. Was was anybody there wearing Fezes? Oh, there was. Pl- I got to say another thing about FezCon. Plenty of fans really got into the spirit of the FezCon. You saw plenty of fans wearing the, you know, the shiny disco-y ball-type outfit mm-hmm. as well-known outfits that Fez has worn a over-the-top disco ball outfit. And there were fans wearing Fez's, of course. Of course. <laughs> very cool. Very cool, man. But, uh, you know, actually, unfortunately, we're we're running low on time here. So, uh, Dan, be- before we get out of here, you want to give yourself a couple of plugs? Sure. You can follow me on... Uh, Bobo103NYC on Twitter, Bobo718DK on Instagram, Daniel Curlin on YouTube. And, and of course, I gotta say, this, this this one's probably a little deep cut for you, but what a couple of things, a couple of people watching us will get this little reference as we end the show. Push the button, Frank. <laughs> 
There we go. All right. All right. And uh, hey, hey, for me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, check me out at my last name, Kramer NY. Don't forget to check the show out on Twitter at bsith underscore podcast. And also on uh, on um, Instagram at best seat in the house podcast. Also, like we mentioned last week, anywhere you want, you can get this podcast audio now. Uh, actually, it's audio and video on Spotify starting tomorrow. Um, then we have uh, Stitcher. We have up. We have iHeartRadio. Um, you know, uh, Anchor.fm. We got anywhere you get your podcasts. Obviously, Apple. Obviously, Google. Anywhere you get them, our podcast is going to be available. So please subscribe, like, leave a comment, anything you want. Give us a five star review if you think we've earned it. And uh, if not, well, thanks for listening anyway. <laughs> and uh, what's that, Dan? And if it was possible, we'd have to show you and plant it into your brain if it was possible. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, the the men in black thing. All you got to do is look at it and it'll be right in your freaking brain. So <laughs> you'll broadcast into your brain. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks again for tuning in and catching the show this week. For uh, Rob Kramer and Daniel Bobo Curlin, this is the Best Seat in the House podcast, and we'll catch you next week with Mike Bachetti. <laughs>